You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's talk about the U. What is the U? What are the U's? And what I mean by that is, of course, quarterback U, running back U, wide receiver U. What are the U's? And today we're going to be taking a look into the offensive U's and if Texas A&M falls in the category of any of these. You like SEC talk and you like talking all things about the SEC, make sure you're listening to Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy at Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams of the SEC, including the upcoming uh, college baseball tournament, of course, recruiting purposes, and naturally, all things college football. Subscribe on the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following us on social media. Right name, right down there below for all of you watching on Tigna. Make sure you join in the conversation by following me at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-minute-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, listen on the Odyssey app, or listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So we talk about the U, the university. Not the U, not this one, no, the U. The U being what is the best program to go to if you're trying to make it to the NFL? The thing with that is it's always ever-changing. Now, what the U is today may not be it in 10 years. What the U is today probably was not it 10 years ago. So you always got to keep this in mind. But Texas A&M is a team that I would say has some categories here. I'm not going to go as far to say they are 100% star-spangled the U in every single thing. That'd be wrong. That'd be 100% wrong. But what I will say is, is that in the U conversation, we can at least admit that Texas A&M has some competition and has some name background and some name justice to where I believe they could be in the U. So I'm going to give my top three rankings for all positions offensively, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and O-line as a whole. I'm not going to do offensive tackle, center, all that. I'm just going to go offensive line as a whole. I'm going to get my top three, and then I'm going to tell you where I think A&M kind of ranks in that if they don't make the top three. So without further ado, let's get this thing started with QBU, the most important position, the one position that we got to talk about, the one that everyone says, if you have this, you are set. I completely disagree with that, but I will say having a quarterback is better than not having a quarterback, and only every once in a blue moon does having a subpar quarterback get you anywhere further. When you break it down consistently, I think this is a very obvious and easy one. Going at least into this upcoming year, Oklahoma is QBU. They are. And it pains me to say that because, again, they're technically still a rival of Texas A&M. They have their rivalry with the SEC. They're a team that honestly is in that dynasty level, even though they haven't won a national title in over 20 years. And the closest they ever came was they played against um, Florida and they lost. So it's not as if they're that great. But over the last seven, eight years, they've done a good job at least getting talent to the NFL. We can go back to Landry Jones even. We can go all the way back to him. And since then, they have gotten NFL talent 
to the next level. They've done a very good job of that. Now, what I will say is that you could dock them a little bit if you wanted to because of their last three quarterbacks that went to the NFL in Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts did not start with them. They were not recruited by Oklahoma to be the starter. They were they joined as transfers, one coming from Oklahoma, uh, Texas Tech, one coming from Texas A&M, Kyler Murray, which means you could technically kind of include that in the A&M category, and one coming from Alabama before winning it. But I think at the same time, you have to include Spencer Rattler now, who is a name on the rise. Some believe he could be the number one pick in the 2022 class, and if that's the case, they would have three first round, I mean, three number one picks in the last five drafts. That would be insane. I think that there is no argument there. They are 100% QBU. The argument after that, I think, kind of goes to who comes in at number two, number three. At number two, surprisingly enough, and this is going to be a little crazy, I would have to say right now, QB2, I mean, for the QBU, is Louisville. Because they at least have two guys who could be starters in the NFL by, you know, by the end of the year with Teddy Bridgewater and at the same time with Lamar Jackson. And Jackson's done a good job being a really capable guy. Won a Heisman Trophy, basically reset every ACC record, did everything he could um, you know, with, as a mobile runner. And then you had Teddy Bridgewater, who was more of your stereotypical pocket-passing guy but also was dual threat compared to what it was in 2014 to what it is now. They have two starters. And when you have two starters in the NFL, that gives you a little bit more talent. I also think that they've done a good job in recruiting the quarterback position. And even though the guy that they have right now is probably not going to be a name to watch for, I do think that when you look at it from top to bottom, they've at least added a name there. Number three on this list, and you could make a valid argument that, they probably could be a little higher. I'm still leaning USC, but it's really close to not. I, I want to say maybe Texas Tech should be in the conversation because of, you know, what we've seen from um, Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going to give it to Texas A&M. I am. Because of if you include Kyler Murray being recruited there, at least you can say, okay, well, he was a part of the recruiting process. If he would have stayed, maybe AM would have had the season that Oklahoma had. You can say the same thing about Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond, without Kyler Murray transferring, he would have never had the opportunity. And if Kellen Mond never had the opportunity, who's to say that he would have been there when Kyler would have left in 2019? Who's to say that he wouldn't have already transferred at that point? Which then means that Texas AM could be in a bad spot. But also include Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill statistically has been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL the last two years that he was with Tennessee. He has. It's not just completion percent. It's QBR rating. It's pocket awareness. It's uh, it's completion percentage. It's all these little intangibles, and it's also decision making. Part of the reason Texas, I mean Tennessee, is so good at running the ball is they have a good trust balance with Tannehill. The reason why Derrick Henry is so good at running the ball, I mean, there's a reason that. You know, Tennessee is able to pass as efficiently as they are is because they have a good run game. It's a mix. They're a perfect balance and a perfect blend. So I would actually argue Texas A&M, at least for now, comes in at number three. The honorable mention would be Alabama. I'll give Alabama this. They just got a guy in Mac Jones drafted there. They just got a guy in Tua Tungavailoa to be a first-round pick. They had A.J. McCarron in the league for a very long time. A lot of people were high on Jake Coker. A lot of people thought Blake Sims would at least be given a shot. 
He really wasn't. And you have Jalen Hurts. You can make an argument for Alabama, just like you can make an argument for Texas A&M. I give the edge, though, to Texas A&M because Tannehill has been to the playoffs the last two years. Kyler Murray has been a standout player, and he was originally supposed to play at Texas A&M. Of course, Kellen Mond is in the league. And then, of course, right now you have Zach Calzada, who could be on the rise, Haynes King, who could be on the rise. Um, I'm blanking on the kid's name out of Bridgeland right now. He could be another name that, that you have to watch for. You have Eli Sowers there. There's a lot of ways Texas A&M could go to where eventually they could have the number one pick. Also, Johnny Manziel, first-round pick. That's all I really have to say on that one. When you have Johnny Manziel, you pretty much have set yourself up to be in a very good spot for, I would say, at least a year or two. Now, you actually like going to the auto parts store. Let me get your opinion on this. Do you? I know I don't. I just don't. I don't like paying for things that I know how to install and things that I know how to do on my own, things that I like to do. And more importantly, I don't like to pay those extra service fees, those extra production fees, those installment fees. When I can do it, all I got to know is where to get the part. Simple. I'll tell you where. Go visit rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from taillights to engine modules to brake pads. So whether you're trying to do anything to your daily driver or refurbish a call classic, they will have the parts for you. They have a very unique catalog. Simple. Just go on in, type in the car, type in the year, the model, and of course, find the price. RockAuto.com has the low, low prices that are always too hard to beat. Go visit RockAuto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com, it's the place to be. You know what is going to be fun this year? Betting on the Women's College World Series. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I love the Women's College World Series. I think the Women's College World Series is a fabulous place. I love the fact that that the Women's College World Series builds up a lot of tension. And if you just saw today, James Madison took down Oklahoma. So when you go ahead and make the bet and make the one place we love, we're the one place we trust, that's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to get all your bets on in the sports action. With baseball in full swing, you can get in all the action on betonline.ag. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in right now when you go visit betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On to save 50% off with your welcome deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Lockdown Aggies presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, let's move on to running back here. This is one that everyone has a problem with. I know everyone does, and people are going to say, Homer, 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 Cole, Homer. No, I'm sorry. As much as I am, I am a proud Alabama alum. That does not mean that I cannot say that Alabama is not running back university. They are. They want 100% art. They absolutely going into the season are when you look at the talent that has come out of Alabama and it's not just Eric Henry, you have smaller name guys like Damian Harris, like Kenyon Drake. You want to include another one. Alvin Kamara started his career out at Alabama before transferring to Tennessee. Who would have known what he would have been in that backfield. Yet TJ Yeldon lost the NFL for a while. And recently Najee Harris came out and he's making an impact. He was a first round pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers without a doubt running back. You, you think of the names on the list. Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, DJ Yeldon, Damian Harris. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, that's not including Najee Harris. That's not including Brian Robinson, who's probably going to get drafted. That's not including the kid they got this past year. If you want to go to play somewhere, Alabama is the one place you go. RB2, for me, this is a big, big, big conversation. And a lot of people have different thoughts about this. I do go Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin statistically has placed better running backs coming out 
than anyone else out there outside of Alabama. I, I will stand by that. I really will. I think Alabama, I mean, the, I think Wisconsin has done a fabulous job, and maybe it is because of the offensive line. It truly could be. It actually could be because of the offensive line. But I believe that Wisconsin has done a fabulous job with the running backs. And it started well back in the 1990s when you had Ron Dane there. It's it's fizzled over with Melvin Gordon. It's fizzled over with James White. It's fizzled over with, um, I forget the other guy's name, uh, from the 2013 season. He had over 1,000 yards. And most recently, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor is an absolute beast when it comes to running the ball. He is great between the tackles. He's got good vision, great speed, and he can work up field at every single level of the playing. So I love exactly what I've seen from Jonathan Taylor to say right now, Wisconsin is RB2. They are. RB3 is the conversation starter. You can go in a lot of different ways with this. I think you could go with LSU because of Leonard Fournette, with um, Jeremy Hill, with uh, there's a there's a few more names out there. Stanford, you can go a lot of ways. Toby Gerhart, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think you could say Auburn's in that category with Carryon Johnson. Uh, you know, if you include running back quarterbacks, I mean, you have Cam Newton with there. I think Ohio State makes sense, but I'm gonna go with the one that makes the most sense to me right now, and that would be Georgia. Georgia to me it has more of a conversation to be in the RB one category than anyone else besides maybe Wisconsin. That's how consistent they are producing running backs. I mean. Zamir White is about to come out, and he's about to have another explosive season. And this is why I believe that in the SEC East, at least, Georgia needs to be the favorite because what they have in that backfield with JT Daniels and with Zamir White is just too dangerous. But before even even he was a thought, yeah, Nick Chubb tearing it up on Saturdays, and he was splitting carries and splitting reps with Sony Michelle. And with um, Keith Marshall and with, uh, I forget the other guy's name. There was four running backs in three years that they all split reps. They all were finishing near that 800, 900 yard marker kind of uh, pattern. Herschel Walker's in that conversation. We can go on and on and on about the running backs that have come out of Georgia. But Georgia does do a great job at establishing running backs, building that repertoire, and of course, making sure they reach the next level. Now, here's the fun one. Wide receiver you. Oh, by the way, where do I think Texas A&M falls in that category? I'll say they're right outside the top 10. You haven't really seen a great Texas A&M running back take that next elevated step, which is the problem, in my opinion. Like, Travion Williams, fabulous college career. Dan has not really done anything in the NFL. Trey Williams, very good runner. Hasn't really done anything in the NFL. Christian Michael, fabulous career. Not really done anything in the NFL. I consider all those when it comes to being a university because the ultimate goal is to represent that university at that next level. And when you look at the running backs coming out of Alabama, look at the running backs coming out of Oklahoma, look at the running backs coming out of LSU, Georgia. Oh, Todd Gurley. Why was I blanket on that? Um, Georgia, you know, at Stanford, th there's too many compared to Texas A&M. Wide receiver you. All right, let's get this down. There is the, this is the toughest one offensively, because if you can go in so many ways, but right now at this very moment today, it is Clemson. It still is Clemson. It is. Uh, you got to look at the big names, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, T Higgins. Look at the smaller names, guys like uh, Cornell Powell, guys like, um, um, uh, uh, why am I, why am I blanking on it? Hunter Renfro, uh, guys like Amari Rogers, guys like Deion Kane. They go on and on and on. I mean, that's just what Clemson does. Adam Humphreys. There we go. They've just produced a bucket load of talent. And we're not just talking about the bigger names. And again, 
That's not to say that the big names aren't, you know, special because they are. They really are. But I do think that when you break it down consistently, I have to say right now, Clemson still is it. Who is wide receiver you number two? I would say right now, based off the level of talent, not and, and the statistical talent, you go LSU. LSU still has multiple receivers surpassing the 1,000-yard marker every season. Odo Beckham Jr., um, Justin Jefferson, Jarvis Landry, DJ Chark in Jacksonville. You could even throw in now Jamar Chase is in, is in the conversation. Terrace Marshall Jr. is in that conversation. They've done a good job getting wide receivers from one level to the next, and I will have to give them that. So I will say that even though Alabama is consistently there in the wide receiver U conversation, they're adjacent. I would actually say they are an honorable mention because a lot of the wide receivers coming out of Alabama, they either are superstars, and I mean they're straight up bona fide. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna have to put I'm gonna have to put them at three. I am. I, I really am gonna have to put them at three because they are. They're either superstars or they're really good complimentary players. You have superstars like your Julio Joneses, uh, like your uh, Amari Coopers, like your Calvin Ridley, who's playing a number two in Atlanta because of what is going on in that situation. He eventually will be a number one, but then you have some really good role players like a Henry Ruggs, like a Jerry Judy, who is playing a complimentary number two. You also have guys who are up and coming that we don't know their status going into the year, like a Jalen Waddle, like a Devonta Smith. We don't know what they're going to be. And you can tell, I can say that there is an argument that there's another team that should be in the conversation, and it isn't Texas A&M. The other team is Ohio State. Ohio State has done a really good job getting wide receivers to the next level. The two biggest names right now tearing it up in the NFL, of course, are Terry McLaurin and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is an absolute bona fide top five wide receiver in the NFL. More so when you look at Terry McLaurin, he does a very good job as your, as your low-end number one, so top 15 in the NFL. Uh, I think you make an argument for Ole Miss in the conversation. Also, Curtis Samuel going at, coming out of Ohio State. Chris Olave is expected to be a first-round pick uh, for next year. Uh, I would say when you look at Texas A&M, they are, again, they're on the outside. They're, they're not top 10. And it's not that I don't think Texas A&M is good. I just think that there's other teams that are better. You have a lot more consistency from USC with guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, with guys like Marquis Lee, with guys like... Um, uh, why am I blanking? Amara Ross St. Brown. So you have guys who are a little bit more consistent. Georgia, kind of the same thing. They don't really have a lot of superstars, but they do have some big names. Baylor, they always get drafted. You find a way to get Baylor receivers drafted consistently. Notre Dame has had some good wide receivers. I would throw Tennessee in that conversation. Oklahoma's had some good wide receivers. Sterling Shepard, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, the, 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 those lists go on and on. And while Mike Evans is a fabulous receiver for Texas A&M, he's represented Texas A&M very well. Where's that number two receiver? Where is that number two type receiver? There isn't. It, it really is Mike Evans, and that's it. And that does hurt Texas A&M overall. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Now, of course, there's nine new flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, raspberry, mint brownie, uh, peanut, peanut butter brownie, but it doesn't really matter what the flavor is on the out inside what matters is what is on the outside covered in 100 real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew built bar is great for somebody who is looking to lose or maintain weight because they're low in sugar high in protein high in fiber and low in calories during the month of january i set myself to go to the gym twice a day and try to lose up to 10 pounds now 
I lost about seven and a half, but I also turned about eight of those pounds into muscle. And that was because I had a peanut butter brownie protein bar every single day. Had 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this out on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. That's LOCKED15 off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. In 25 minutes or less, I can get you caught up on everything you need to know about what is going on in college football, college basketball, the NBA, the NFL, and much, much more. How do I do so? Listen to Locked On today. Peter Bukowski breaks down all major sporting news coming out of all major sports, including college baseball, college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, NBA, and of course, NHL playoffs. Subscribe to the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Tight end U. This is an interesting one because tight end U is weird. You can make an argument that there's a lot of different conversations in there. And I've had this one in our group chat with the Locked On Podcast Network. I have. I think personally for tight end you right now. And this is me projecting that I also believe that the ceiling is a little bit higher on these guys than anyone else. I go Iowa is tight end you. That's my prediction. That's it for right now. Because if I really like TJ Hawkinson's upside for the Detroit Lions, I really like what Noah Fant showed in years one and two as a bona fide up and coming top 10 tight end. And I would say both are actually top 10 tight ends right now. But you have the key cream of the crop and that would be George Kittle. George Kittle has done a fabulous job representing uh, Iowa. He has. He was everything everyone thought he was going to be and much, much more. He improved as a blocker. He got better with his hands, and now he is an absolute superstar at the position. I have no doubt that you could argue that he, without a doubt, is the go-to guy. He really is. Coming in at number two, and this is where the conversation gets a little hard. I still think, for some way or another, Miami has to be in the conversation. And Miami, for a while, was tight end you. There was not even a close second debate about if they were tight end you. They did everything right. They did a good job developing the talent. And when you look at the tight ends that came out of there, they were great. Let me go all the way back to the very beginning with Jeremy Shockey, what he did for that 2000, you know, to that 2001 team, that 2002 team. Then you got Greg Olson, what he did after that. I mean, Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham was there. You had, um, um, uh, right now, uh, David and Joku, um, you have Brevin Jordan now joining the Houston Texans, who's expected to be a big time name. So everywhere you look, there has been more talent added at the position. Left and right. So I have to say right now, they come in at number two. Number three is Stanford. The big name on the list is, is Zach Ertz. Like that's the big name. And deservingly so. Zach Ertz was an all-pro tight end since he's come into the league. He really was a beneficial factor for the success of Carson Wentz really early on. He did a fabulous job being a transitional player He's now trying to find a new team to go to, but here's the kicker. Since 2000 and I want to say it's 11 or 12, they've had the most tight ends selected in the NFL draft. They've had seven. And that goes back to guys like Colby Fleener, um, uh, Kate Smith. There's a few others I'm blanking on off the top of my head. 
So you have to include them in the list. Texas A&M, I think that they will be in the top seven next season when Jalen Weidemeyer gets drafted coming out. I think you can make an argument that Florida needs to be in that conversation. Again, the biggest thing is that uh, with Florida, it's Kyle Pitts. He's not really a tight end. I think you make an, argu- an argument for Arkansas. Again, it's really just one dude right now. It's just Hunter Henry. You can make an argument for Alabama, but again, it's Irv Smith Jr. That's really the one guy in Notre Dame. I mean, John Carlson, when he was in the league, was really great. Kyle Rudolph has been great. But, I mean, since then, I mean, maybe you throw Cole Komet in the conversation just for, you know, giggles. Same thing with, you know, I would say probably with Mark Andrews coming out of Oklahoma. But that, to me, is about it. O-line you. This is an interesting one because I do think the Texas a needs to be in this conversation. I don't know if I feel comfortable not putting them in the top three, but I would say they would come in at number four or five for me because number one for me is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is absolutely number one. Look at the talent up and down, up and down every single year. They find a guy going to the NFL. They do. And for a while, Harry Hindstead was considered one of the best offensive line coaches, period, in the country, period, not just the NFL, period, but all of sports, period. That's how well he was respected. He had the Mike Munchik level of seal of approval. Like, that's what he was. And you look at the list of names just recently, guys like Liam Eichenberg, guys like Aaron Banks in this year's draft class, Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey, Ronnie Stanley. It goes on and on and on. And I can say that even though Notre Dame is a little bit overhyped, and even though Notre Dame doesn't always have ideal players, doesn't always have the ideal selections, I do believe that with Notre Dame's offense and with Notre Dame's offensive line specifically, they are a really good team because they have produced so much talent. And I didn't even mention Nick Martin and Zach Martin. Both of them were stars in the NFL for over five years. So I give it up to Notre Dame. Number two, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the exact same way. They consistently are turning out left and right tackle prospects. They're turning out guard prospects. They're turning out offensive lineman prospects, the center prospects. And they do a very good job. Now, if I had to say which one was more of a better tackle, which one was more of a better interior offensive line, I would say that was actually a harder conversation of Notre Dame and Wisconsin than anything else because of you have a couple really good guards from Notre Dame, a couple really good guards from uh, Wisconsin, but you have a ton of good tackles from both programs. So you look at Ryan Ramchek, you look at um, uh, Riley Reef, you look at... Um, why am I blanking on the kid's name right now? Um, uh, I mean, Gay Kermini, but he, he didn't pan out to be anything. Oh, Kevin Zeitler. That was it. Uh, the, the, I mean, there's a lot of talent at the offensive line position, and they've consistently done a very good job keeping that talent alive. Number three, and again, I really don't like myself. I don't like that I have to do this, but I do have to give it to Alabama. Even though Alabama is not great at keeping offensive linemen in the NFL. So guys like DJ Fluker, guys like Chance Warmatch, guys like uh, you know uh, uh, Cyrus Quanjo, guys like Ari Quanjo. Yeah, they played. They weren't great, but they played in the NFL, and they, they had more of a chance to actually make an NFL roster, and they actually had a couple seasons. Sure, I'll give them that. But then let's look at the more recent names. You have Alex Leatherwood, drafted in the top, top 20 this past year. Jonah Williams. Drafted number um, uh, number 11 overall back in 2019. He's been at least a stable left tackle when he has played. He only has one year under his belt. Let's look at Jedrick Rules coming out. 
He was projected to be a right tackle in the NFL. He's moved over to left tackle. He's done a very good job for the Cleveland Browns. You could make that argument that they've at least produced more talent. I would say coming in at number four, to me, would be Texas A&M because they still are producing that talent. They're still getting guys to the NFL consistently. Kenyon Green's going to be the next one, but you look at this past year, Dan Moore got drafted. Uh, if you include a few years back, you know you had guys like Jermaine Fetty get drafted and Jake Matthews and Luke Jokel and um, um, uh, Cedric Obwehi. And, I mean, it, it continues to go on all the way back to the Matthews clan. So, I could say Texas A&M is at least in the top five. You could argue four. I think five for me right now would be either Oklahoma or would be Ohio State. But I just can't put Texas A&M in that category yet. So, what I will say is Texas A&M is QB3 in the QBU rankings and they're OL4 in the Offensive Line University rankings. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media and on Twitter at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back on Monday to discuss more about Texas A&M and the upcoming offseason. See you then. And remember, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.